You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm super eager and excited to chat with Mark Berman. He's the CEO and Managing Director of The Mallet Group. The Mallet Group is a 23-year-old boutique loyalty and relationship marketing consultancy. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks for joining me. Rob, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you. I love to talk about loyalty, and uh, hopefully this next half hour will uh, get us into uh, some great stories and some insights into the loyalty industry as I think it was and as it is today, uh, given the uh, pandemic, which uh, has very unique challenges. Absolutely. So for those listeners out there who don't know who you are, perhaps you can share a bit about your background, your story, and your, your history in the business. Sure. Briefly. Uh, I'm actually come out of the psychology industry and field uh, and uh, maintain a small clinical practice to this day uh, and have done that for 40 plus years. However, back in uh, the late 90s, uh, one of my closest friends uh, since fifth grade uh, who came out of the airline industry, worked at Continental Airlines, TWA before that, was one of the early architects of TWA's FFP program, uh, decided he was going to start a consultancy and was actually living in my house outside of Boston because that's where his first client was, an ad agency. And uh, he and I used to talk about loyalty on our way to uh, Las Vegas every year. We would take a, a gambling trip together uh, on TWA, and uh, I would ask him, so what do you do? And what's this loyalty thing? And it was the early days of loyalty and relationship marketing and the first, free, you know, one of the first frequent flyer programs. So we would, and it just caught my interest and I started reading about it and understanding how important loyalty could become. And in those days, it was, you know, triple miles and all sorts of uh, incentives that uh, could never be afforded today. Uh, in fits and starts, it, it went in various directions, um, but got to learn the industry. And when Joe Mimano uh, uh, started the Malik Group, uh, he said, hey, uh, why don't you help me uh, grow this thing? So I uh, cut back on my clinical work and uh, we have run, we ran a very successful boutique loyalty and relationship marketing company for, it's now 23 years old. We're calling it Mallet 3.0 because Joe has retired and gone through a couple of iterations and uh, just uh, brought on uh, two new partners, uh, Steve Sickle, who uh, uh, Steve comes out of uh, Intercontinental Hotels Group, where he ran all of their loyalty for 13 years, and Lars Holmquist, who uh, has worked for various uh, loyalty agencies around the world, including Collinson, Logic, and uh, Tesis. So we are forging ahead with the Malik Group uh, and uh, are glad to hear, be here today so I can talk to you about um, loyalty and how I see it and how it feels to me. Perfect. Well, it's not really me. I mean, I love to hear the stories, Mark, don't get me wrong, but we do this for our listeners. So our listeners are a group of people who are in the marketing space, loyalty space. We have CEOs, CFOs, VPs of marketing, mm-hmm. runs the gamut. So the idea is to create insights that they could use in their own businesses from experiences that you've had in the past that might shed light on some new ways to do things or even better yet, some ways not to do things. Sometimes that's more important to learn what not to do than what to do. So the first question that I ask every guest is, what does loyalty mean to you, Mark Berman, as a customer, as a client of, a, of any organization? How do you think about loyalty? Well, 
I think about loyalty, I feel about loyalty, that you have to make me feel loyal to you. And uh, sometimes that's a very hard thing because it doesn't feel very personal. Personal, it uh, you know, it's about how much money is in my wallet and how much frequency I have. Um, but it can be the small things that really make a difference and 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 bond you to a loyalty program or a brand. Um, but loyalty to me means making me feel like there's something aspirational that I can attain and uh, and, and and value, uh, be it with me or with my uh, with my wife. Or um, it can mean that uh, you're, I feel like I'm rewarded and appreciated. Uh, and not only in points and miles, but appreciated more in an emotional sense of you know who I am. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, my, uh, my wife and I were standing to board a United flight uh, out of Boston. Uh, this is probably four years ago. And uh, she happened to have the same status as me because of how many millions of miles I've flown through the years. And uh, we were waiting at the gate, and uh, they uh, they said, uh, "Ann Berman, will you please come forward?" And and or who you know, she rose raised her hand, and the gate agent uh, handed her a birthday card because they knew it was her birthday. And I, you know, obviously they got it through some profile and some database, but that made a difference. It was a simple thing like that. And we just shook our heads and say, "Well, happy birthday!" And you know that those kinds of small gestures can go a lot further than the larger grand gestures, I think, oh. in, my, in my opinion. I love it. I love it, especially in that context with a story that it just, it says it all, that they really obviously know who you are, and it's an easy thing to do, right? right. So a right. company as big as United can get that right. A right. smaller, medium-sized company has to be thinking about it, especially with all the data that's available. That is correct. And you know, you need to capitalize on that. So... Let me ask you this on the flip side. Uh, are there any other things that you would think from the negative side that would turn you off from a company's loyalty? Yes, uh, and I, I know uh, it has. Um, making programs so complex that even people in the loyalty business <laughs> have a hard time understanding them. And I understand why there's complexities and, you know, uh, miles have been converted into revenue generation. And I understand that. And I get the, the financials behind the reasoning for that. And they're well-founded, I think. But I think the over-complexity of the loyalty industry makes people scratch their heads. And they just at some point say, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm just going to go buy a ticket on a low-cost carrier and just get on board and not even think about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be generational as I get older and I have less tolerance for, you know, getting into the minutia of it all. Um, but, you know, and I think the millennials are definitely uh, the target audience now to uh, get them on board aircraft and get heads in beds, butts in seats. Um, but I think it's making it understandable in, in plain language. And I think that is a problem of the loyalty industry where there's so many nuances and so many caveats that people just say, I don't get it. So I'm just going to get my, instead of the co-brand card, I'm just going to get a cash back card of 3% and I'm going to be happy with that. Yeah. I agree. I mean, unless they send you a slide rule and a protractor to kind of figure out how these points work, it's you throw your hands in the air and you think it's it's they got to make it simple. Simple is right. is the way right. of the future. 
you know, uh, it's KISS, you know, keep it simple, stupid. I yep. think they say that in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I think that that is a driving factor. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, Mark. As, as a marketing professional in your field, can you share some of the pain points you have when it comes to creating and maintaining loyalty, uh, customer loyalty for some of the clients that you may have had worked with over the years? So like just put yourself, you know, doing what you do and you're trying to convince a company, not United in this case because they get it, but let's say a company who you're working with that just can't either wrap their head around it, the complexity, the, you know, what, some, what sort of stories that you could that our listeners could relate to that they should either stay away from or gravitate towards? Well, I think you try and really look at the audience you're trying to address. And I can give you a story of a project we did for Intercontinental Hotels many years ago. It was called Flights Anywhere. And this was trying to address, uh, in those days, their limited brand set. Um, where it was Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express and Crown Plaza. Holiday Inn Express was just blossoming at that point, and Intercontinental Hotels, but they really didn't have a lot of mid-tier. That you know, Crown Plaza could, was in those days mid-tier, um, probably still is, but they were struggling uh, to put people into um, resort hotels, you know, resort places. They didn't have a lot of properties there. So what we decided to do was create a program for them. And the first iteration, I said it was Flights Anywhere, but the first iteration was actually Hotels Anywhere. And it was a, a revolutionary idea. Um, and I think this is back in 2006, believe it or not, um, where you could take your, in those days, priority club points and convert them and uh, stay in a Hyatt or a Marriott or a Hilton. And, uh, you know, we did all this research and said, you know, what do you, and the owners association, you know, you're going to drive people away from our brand. What are you crazy? And what, what we, what our research showed in our focus groups, et cetera, et cetera, was that it made people more engaged with the program because I said, you know what, I can go to Hawaii or Las Vegas and, uh, and stay in the hotel that I want to now, not norm naturally, the redemption value was never as good as, as it was within an IHG property, but it drove that kind of engagement and gave a great marketing point uh, for the brand to say, we will put you where you want to be, um, even if it's in a competitor's uh, a hotel. And then we expanded it out to flights anywhere, redeem your points for flights, et cetera. And it worked. And it actually won uh, at the Freddie Awards. It won them hotel, um, program of the year for hospitality that year. Um, it was something we were all proud of. But the, the story was giving people what they want. And I think that uh, no matter if you're a large brand or a small brand, at this point, you know, you really need to give people what they want, that that motivates them and that resonates with them them in a, in, a, in a meaningful way. And they, they remember that too. Mm. So is that plan still in place? <laughs> I believe some of it is. I don't know if all of it is. Um, the program has evolved since then. Um, so I think that they, uh, they have modified it at this point in time, but it, that was more of recent ilk than it, it, it lived for many, many years um, as, as a, uh, as one of their uh, marketing uh, programs.
Yeah. So sometimes you're right. It's, it, you need to be counterintuitive. You would think I need to just get people in my store by shopping at my store to come back in my store and, and create that loop. But, right. you know, you probably only have 5% of someone's overall wallet because they're going to be right. able to spend everywhere else. What if right. you could have them earn with you, burn elsewhere, but then come right. back to you to earn more, right? right. Well, create that, that loop. That is, is exactly is right, Rob. Key. And that's what we're seeing in the industry um, for uh, with, a, with another company that we've worked with and are working with called Engage. And what Engage does is allows people from with loyalty program currency, be it uh, in the travel space or in uh, the financial service space, to uh, use their any currency they want for uh, Amazon. And um, and expanding out there in different point in ways to use your points, and it's you know it's it's easy, it's seamless, and through APIs, and it gives people the feeling like yeah, and and some of them are doing it already. Hilton does it with Amex, uh, I believe, and mm -hmm. uh, some some of them are definitely doing it. But it's giving that utility of their loyalty currency, um, and making them feel like yeah, I can get you know anything I want from Amazon using my points from. XYZ. And um, I think that, that that really makes a difference for people. And I think that is the growing pathway to further, further engagement um, mm. is that utility. What about on the flip side? Let's mm -hmm. say, so like the airlines have the programs where in addition to flying on the airline to earn miles, I can now shop at Walmart, Kmart, Home Depot, Best Buy through the API calls that they get credit for, et cetera. But then I can only burn them back off at the, in those miles. So let's right. say Southwest has their rapid rewards mall. You can click right. a button and go shop. And right. how do you feel about those types of programs? Well, I think historically uh, the hotel programs have been um, have been more open to giving people a variety of redemption options, either inside the program or, or with other brands. Uh, airlines have obviously been more resistant uh, to that, um, making bilateral agreements uh, on earn and burn, um, because you know airlines truly have driven loyalty historically. Um, but I, but I think that um, allowing people the opportunity um, to go outside the brand is both evolving and necessary, especially right now during the pandemic, uh, because, you know, there aren't a heck of a lot of people flying. And there are, you know, okay, occupancy rates may be 40% at the hotels, but I think a lot of that is the drive, um, not fly. Um, a customer. Yeah. And so uh, I think right now it's even more important to look at opportunities outside of your core product set uh, to let people redeem. Yeah. Well, not even on the redeem side, forget redeem uh, on the earn side. So if you can earn ah, okay. by just shopping at Walmart, Kmart, Home Depot, Best Buy, Target, mm -hmm. all those stores, and then they pay a commission. Yeah, so right. That right. that commission can only be turned into rewards in that platform for Southwest. Right, right. Yes, I think that that is evolving. Um, I think that it has to, um, it's not there yet to let people earn where they want to earn and burn where they want to burn. But I, I definitely think that that's a very important part of, of what, um, what's evolving. And one example of that, I think, is is I do a lot of work in the co-brand space, and um, 
you know, the there's this debate is the traditional co-brand credit cards of the hotels and the airlines versus what the Chase, you know, is putting in the marketplace and what City is putting in the marketplace and their own house products, if you want to call them that, of uh, uh, of of their credit cards. And I think the financial service companies are really get are are leading that um, because. They say, yeah, you can uh, earn our currency, thank you points or, or, uh, or chase reward points anywhere you want. And we're going to not only let you redeem for what you want, wherever you want it, uh, be it, you know, your, uh, mitigate your bill, uh, your, 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 you know, your monthly statement or on travel or on merchandise. But if you book your travel with us, wherever you book it, like uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve, you know, we're going to give you 1.5 uh, points per dollar. And, mm-hmm. and I think on the Chase Reserve, it's 1.4. Um, so um, uh, 1.25, I mean. So they're, they're incenting people to spend on their card, earn where they want to earn, and burn in an enhanced manner that drives, I think, a lot of behavior. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's an economy in and of itself. I mean, if you've seen obviously recently in the in the news about um, I think it was either American Airlines or Delta put up six billion dollars in their rewards currency for bailout money. So that's how much money is in the rewards programs that these uh, airlines have. So it's mind boggling. Well, one one of the debates has been when I've run some of uh, the co-brand credit card conferences for uh, AI airline information. Um, we had uh, Joe Donardi from Stiefel um, Investments, uh, and his argument has always been, and he's a he's a really uh, thoughtful man and uh, steeped in the industry, and he values the loyalty programs as more than the underlying airlines uh, themselves. Mm. And he made, you know, he always made the case uh, that they should be broken off and, uh, you know, as investment bankers will think about, uh, break it off and and make that uh, an investment in itself. Um, There is something to be said, but we see that right now in leveraging the loyalty program to help fund, um, you know, the, the brand itself. And uh, the loyalty programs, uh, you know, born in 1981 um, at, uh, at American and quickly United followed, um, that um, they are the best marketing vehicle uh, that has ever been invented, in, in my opinion. And I don't think uh, I'm the only one that thinks that. Yeah. You know what? And I, I think this goes back to your original discussion before we even hit the record button about your background in psychology of how people think about the reward, maybe it's some chemical in their brain that thinks, all right, I've got it. So it reminds me of a Seinfeld episode when Elaine is going to this subway shop and she hates the subs, but she's nine subs. She's one sub away. She's got, right. I got to go eat it because right. I, I'm nine, I'm one away from a free right. sub. I can't turn right. it down. Right. You know, but I think uh, it's true. It, it definitely drives behavior, but I'll tell you a personal story about where it had, it, it hasn't made me less loyal, but it's, I've pushed back on it because I think people can get burned out with so many loyalty programs. And uh, where I've gotten my haircut for years, they have a loyalty program, you know, get 10 haircuts and get one free. And uh, But they want my telephone number. They want to market to me. And I, and I say to them jokingly, only myself, they say, 
no, I really don't believe in loyalty programs. And so I don't want, and I've never joined it because uh, how often do you get your haircut? And, you know, okay, maybe once every year, year and a half or a year, I'll get a free haircut then for the, uh, you know, 25 bucks or whatever it costs me. It's, it's just not it. So I think there's a saturation point, at least for me, it has been like, okay, enough already. You know, I, I can't go into every store and every shop and uh, have my punch card, uh, you know, showing, oh, you know, and then you go, where is it? And what is it? And blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah. So the I, average I customer has burnout. Yeah, the average customer has 19 of those punch cards. Right. That's now right. they're swipe cards and now they're yeah. digital. You know, but right. I, I've probably said this a million times on this program. One of my favorites of all time is CVS Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. need to remember a card. I just go in there, have my phone number. And when I go to check out, the lady, before I even ask, she's just, do you want to use your extra bucks? Right. Sure. Right. You get $5 right. off this, $7 off that. And this is great. Right. So, Simple, well, easy, don't have to think about it. I, I have one, one thing to add about CVS because I am a customer of theirs and have been. Uh, and uh, I would just get annoyed, though, when you would put, you know, go to checkout and this stream of coupons would flow out. And finally, I, I realized you could stop that from happening. And, uh, you know, it was, too, you know, too, you'd have to read it, read it, read it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it drove me to go back, but sometimes it just, I just, I sort of said, I can't read all these coupons anymore. So I like the simple approaches. Would you like to use your loyalty bucks? Or when ExxonMobil, you know, I go to fill up my car now and um, I have the app on my phone and I fill up and it's much less touchless these days, which works. But um, it says, would you like to use your $2.34 for this fill up? I say, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, yeah, right. and uh, no, no problem. And uh, that, you know, that definitely makes me a loyal mobile customer, you know. Yeah, because because again, it's it's simple, it's easy. So so the idea really, then I think what we're trying to get across to the business owner, small to medium sized business owner, is to simplify things, correct? Make it easy, give correct. them what they want, more of what they want, and correct. they'll keep coming back. That's correct. Make it understandable. <laughs> so, in an ideal world, yeah. right? What would your customer loyalty and engagement strategy look like in the future? I mean, I know we said making it easy now, but is there anything that you can see coming down the pike that maybe hasn't really been explored? Hmm. Good question. Um, yeah, I see. Yes, I, I see more personalization. I see the ability to give, you know, sort of what we've been talking about, giving people more the ability to control their interaction with the brand and how they want their rewards to go. Maybe they want the, the more complicated uh, earn and, and burn scenarios. Maybe they want it more simplified. So it's, all, you know, it's really giving people the power and control of how they interact with the brand and make it in a meaningful way. And I think that there are going to be ways to do that um, that will be coming, um, you know, and, you know, be it, uh, will people be able to use cryptocurrency, uh, <laughs> you know, at, uh, you know, to pay for their stays or, you know, will, can they earn cryptocurrency? I don't know. But I think that there's going to be an increase in allowing people to weave their own path and keep them loyal because they feel that it's meaningful to them. And uh, that, that is the most important thing, I think, is to make it meaningful. Yeah. You know, so you mentioned being able to earn everywhere, burn everywhere. And, and obviously, you're familiar with Plenty. But I, I, would, you know, I would love to see a case study between what happened with Plenty 
and what is currently happening with Nectar. So Nectar mm -hmm. in the UK seems to mm -hmm. be doing very well. Yep. Plenty replicated the model. I have my own thesis on the reason that it didn't work in the US, at least sort of. I, I just think that it became confusing. So I could earn from all these places and I can burn at all these places, but it just didn't create that one brand sense of feeling. Like you mentioned ExxonMobil, who was one of the flagship properties sure. in there, as well was uh, Macy's, Macy's Rite Aid, right. things like that, you know, one in each category. Right. But I think it became convoluted, but I'd be interested to see how it does work in Nectar. I'm not familiar with Nectar's platform, to mm -hmm. say, but it'd be an interesting case study. Well, I think Nectar, um, um, my wife lived in London a few years ago to go back to graduate school, so I spent a lot of time in London, and I, I was uh, playing around with Nectar a little bit, and uh, I think it is pretty prolific and um, and has penetrated the market space, but I, I do have more of a theory about why coalition programs haven't worked here in the United States. You know, um, uh, Plenty tried it and, and did not do well. Um, Amy has tried it a couple of times, and it did not work. Um, and um, the reason I think, um, and it works in Canada, obviously. Hmm. And the, the reason um, it hasn't worked here in the United States is because we're too diverse a population. We don't have a national fuel company. We don't have a national grocery company. Um, it, we just don't, can't cover the kind of geography. And our population is so large that uh, we're too diverse. And I think it's really hard to pull in regions into a national program. Uh, whether something regionally could work, that, that remains to be seen. But, uh, and I think people just tend to gravitate right now to what they know, and they know their airline loyalty program, they know their hotel, they know, you know, and every uh, supermarket has a loyalty. Uh, a lot of them are tied to gas rewards these days, mm -hmm. um, which, uh, you know, people love, even when gas is so inexpensive, people love, uh, me included, getting 25 cents off a gallon. You say, ah, uh, I just saved five bucks. You know, I feel great about that. Uh, so, um, and fuel rewards, and we helped them them launch years ago, and they're they're tied into Shell, and uh, and they have a co-brand credit card, and uh, you know they've they've penetrated the marketplace. But then again, Shell is not every place in the United States, so it's not going to work everywhere. So I think coalition loyalty works in smaller populations, those with national presence uh, of grocery and fuel. And uh, in the United States, it's really hard to penetrate it. Yeah. Speaking of Shell and Fuel Rewards, they have a program uh, as well, probably one of the only ones in the, in the fuel industry where you could also shop at Walmart, Kmart, online, Best right. Buy, Home Depot, and earn Shell Fuel Rewards cash off your uh, right, gas purchases. Yeah, again, it's correct. done through the same networks that uh, that mostly everybody uses at the at the airlines and the hotels. It's right. it's definitely the way of the future, and I know they're doing pretty well with it. Right, uh, uh, and I can give you another example of where it uh, it, it really didn't work, and um, they they've tried to take it is shop your way rewards uh, with Sears, and uh, we did some consulting with them and ran ran a test pilot project of you know trying to make uh, local merchants. Uh, you shop your way rewards to reward people uh, for shopping in their small, you know, Joe's Pizza Shop, etc. And uh, we rolled out a um, somewhere in Illinois in a town. We had people on the street, you know, going into stores, signing up merchants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, we were doing the bigger play at the headquarters with Shop Your Way to uh, to to bring this to market in a major way to make it 
a universal currency. And unfortunately, where it failed was that the Sears stores were closing <laughs> and it sort of contracted your ability to say, well, yeah, I can use this, but I have to, you know, I'm going to have to burn it at Sears. And so, so you have to be, it's a grander scheme, and scheme of things. And I think Shop Your Way has evolved and they're trying, continuing to try and evolve it into a more um, ubiquitous and, and uh, larger program with a lot of partnerships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, the brand anchor has not gone away, and that transition from the brand anchor into the standalone program is a challenge. Yeah. Well, Mark, I mean, we could talk loyalty and branding all day. I, I love it and the psychology of it, too. But uh, generally speaking, the attention span of our listeners is uh, half yeah. an hour max. Yeah, so I get it. Mine, we're too. Gonna, we're going to wrap it up. But <laughs> if listeners want to get a hold of you, Mark, if they want to get a hold of you for more information, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, uh, through email, mberman at malletgroup.com, M-B-E-R-M-A-N, mallet spelled with two L's and two T's, M-A-L-L-E-T-T, group spelled out.com, mberman at malletgroup.com. That's the best way to get in touch with me. Uh, I'd be glad to talk to anybody, kick around ideas. Uh, our company is uh, is ready and willing and able to talk uh, and to see if there's something there to, that we can help with. Excellent. And thank, thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Well, okay. I, I want to thank you for your time, Mark. And I want to thank our loyal listeners for being loyal listeners and investing some of their valuable time with us. If you feel you received value from the show, we would appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you know someone else who might receive value from listening to the podcast, please share. That's how we grow. To reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.